Uh, God, we just pray over our young people that you bless them as uh, they're in Sunday school today. Thank you for Danielle for teaching today. Uh, God, we pray your goodness all over that classroom. And God, for us as well, here we uh, pray that by our Holy Spirit you would uh, work in our hearts, that you would reveal uh, your Son Jesus to us in greater ways. I pray, uh, God, that you would uh, transform our minds and our hearts and our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today we are going to finish up uh, our series on the new true you, and uh, not sure what we're doing next week, but we'll find out. <laughs> we, uh, in the series, have been talking about uh, living life in Christ, uh, being in Christ. This has been sort of the verse we've read every week in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you are someone who is, is in Christ. He is not only present with you, but uh, you are in him. Uh, he is in you, and you can't get away from him. And so all of life it, it is, is coded in Christ. And so we've been talking about how our thinking uh, needs to always start there. That all of our thinking needs to start with the reality that we are in Christ. And so... If you're having a great day, your, your thinking's in Christ. If you're having a hard day, your thinking is still in Christ. That your thinking can never be outside of Christ. We've talked about how you're in Christ, that you are a new person. There's a new self. There's a new true you. And how the old is gone, the old has been crucified. And how in the new self, we are to be putting off our old self, and we are to be putting on the new self. And Ephesians 4 it says, you are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Again, because your old self has been crucified. It is dead. And unless you're interested in packing dead bodies around, which I hope you're not, uh, you put it off. <laughs> it's, it's dead. And so, um, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. All the trouble we get into usually has to do with us trying to pick up that dead corpse and Try to carry it along with us. No, we, we're going to put it away because it corrupts us and it corrupts people and situations around us. Uh, we want to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self. And we've talked a lot about the difference between living the new self and the old self has a lot to do with our thinking. Uh, that we are to be taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Uh, that we cannot afford to have any thought in our mind that's not a thought that God would have. And so when we're talking with somebody, we don't want to have a thought about that person that God isn't thinking. When we're in a difficult situation, we don't want to have any kind of thought about that situation that God isn't having. When we're looking at our own lives, we don't want to have any thought about ourselves that God isn't thinking. This is the way you live out the new self, is to make sure your thinking is in line with, with God's thinking. And then we've talked about dealing with this, living the new self in suffering and those kind of things. We talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last message I want to talk about today uh, is, is tackling one of the things that often will cause us uh, to do things that we later regret. Probably all of us have been in situations where later we're looking back and you say, 
I mean, how could have I, I have been so mean to that person? Or why in that moment did I just snap? And, and I'm a Christian. Why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Why, why all of a sudden did I go back to the old self so quickly? Uh, we're going to talk about that today. But first I want to talk about the uh, peace that Jesus gives us. Uh, we have talked a lot about all the gifts that we have as a new creation. That we are forgiven uh, that we are made righteous, that we are seated in the heavenly realms, that we have an amazing eternity, how God takes the hard things that happen to us and how he miraculously uses those for good to upgrade us and, and all those wonderful gifts that we have. One of the other gifts that he gives us is a gift of peace. Uh, he actually gifts you as part of the new true you is you have been given a gift of peace that actually is to saturate your whole being. Yes. And Jesus has a lot of peace to give because in Isaiah 9, 6, it says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He's not just a man of peace, he's the Prince of Peace. He is the most peaceful being in the entire universe. And he takes that peace whom he is and he gives it to us. And this is what it says in John uh, 14, <clears throat> Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. And he says, my peace, he's the prince of peace, the, the most peaceful being in the universe. He says, my peace, I give to you. This is a gift. And so Jesus, who has the most powerful uh, gift of peace, hands it to us, and we take it up as part of our new self. And so we have this gift of peace. And he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. In other words, the peace that he gives us is different. Uh, the kind of peace that the world often talks about is the only way we can have peace is if there's no more trouble or conflict, which is ultimately the kind of peace that Jesus will give us. But during this world of trouble, this gift of peace is so amazing that we can actually have peace in the midst of difficulty. And this is what Philippians 4 talks about, a peace that passes under surpasses understanding that it doesn't make any sense yet in the moment of crisis you're like why do i have this weird kind of peace going on yeah, that's right this is the kind of peace that jesus gives it's different than the world peace because this is much more powerful and so he says do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid do not let your hearts be troubled do not be afraid because you have been given the gift of the most amazing, beautiful, powerful peace in the universe. So don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. I've given you a gift of peace. And, and Paul put it this way, that we are to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We don't let trouble rule. We don't let crisis rule. We don't let the situation rule. We let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And it is really, really, really uh, beyond, uh, it, it, it's just in, so important that we, we let that peace rule in our hearts. That we never let go of that gift of peace. That we always hold on to it, no matter what we're going through, we just hold on to the gift of peace, even though we're being pushed and beat and, and pressed down, we hold on to that gift of peace and we don't let our hearts be troubled because we have this amazing peace. Now that's what we'd like, <laughs> but we all know what happens. Uh, 
Sometimes we let off a little steam. Sometimes we pop our lid. I mean, uh, sometimes we have these times where we, we flip and uh, we get angry and we break things or whatever it might be or we say something nasty to somebody. And sometimes we're like, where does that come from? Uh, I mean, Jesus told me that, that I'm to be uh, to love him and love people. Why is it sometimes I can be sharp with people or uh, uh, get, get upset with them or, or, or not love someone the way I should? And there's really kind of two reasons. One, it, sometimes you're just tired and sometimes you just need some sleep if you can get sleep. I know sometimes it's hard to get sleep, but when you're tired, uh, usually you just, you just aren't as nice. Uh, but often what happens is, is the reason we snap or get angry or pick up the old self and don't live the new self is because we're actually not holding on to that gift of peace. Whenever you start to get overwhelmed, you, you will usually make bad decisions. Whenever you start to get anxious and afraid and overwhelmed, you usually won't love people as you should. And we all have stories of this. I mean, you might be in a conversation with somebody and the conversation gets a, a little heated and all of a sudden you start to get a little overwhelmed. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked and all of a sudden your heart beats a little bit more and you start to get, you know, and all of a sudden you, you, you're not as nice anymore. All of a sudden you're not listening to what they're saying. You just want to tell them what you're saying because you're right and they're wrong and, and all of a sudden you later think back to the conversation and go, why was I so unloving? Why wasn't I actually listening to them? Uh, this happens in relationships all the time where, uh, you know, in a marriage or at work where someone pushes you a little an emotional button. Maybe in an area you've been hurt time and time again and someone just not even meaning to pushes the most and all of a sudden you snap. Or maybe you're trying to be in charge of something, because I know what this is like, and you're in charge of something, and it's not going well, and all of a sudden you get frustrated, and all of a sudden you, you, you kind of start to over-function, or you under-function, you just kind of check out, or, or uh, and I, I, just a few years ago, actually, I remember I was in Balfour, or Balfour it was, I was preaching, and uh, afterwards, uh, this guy came up to me, who wasn't really happy with my message, because he disagreed with something I said, and so I sat down with him, and he was challenging me on stuff, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know what that's like. You, you kind of get a little overwhelmed, and your heart beats a little bit faster, and I was trying to explain myself, and, and, uh, and, and afterwards, I was just like, I did a horrible job with that conversation. Because afterwards, when my mind was clear, when I was not as overwhelmed, I realized that everything this guy was saying was coming from a place of hurt. Uh, he was really hurting. Because you know the old saying that hurting people tend to hurt people? And I thought back and I said, wow, I really missed an opportunity to minister to this person. And the reason I missed the opportunity to actually minister to them was because I was overwhelmed. Whenever you start to get overwhelmed, you will tend to hurt people and make bad decisions. And so it is, it is an absolute necessary, if you want to live out the new self, the new true you, that you always hold on to that gift of peace. That you never let it go. That when you feel your heart start pounding, when you start to feel overwhelmed or anxious or afraid, you as quickly as possible pick up again that gift of peace and you hold on to it really tightly. So you make proper decisions and think clearly. Now I love it personally, I don't know if you do, but I love it when, when science finally catches up to what the Bible's been saying all along. And we find this time and time again in so many areas. You know, recently science has been saying that, that uh, you need to be forgiving people because it's really healthy for you and you'll be much happier if you forgive people. It's like, 
I think the Bible's been saying that for like thousands of years. Uh, it's not too long ago that the Bible, science discovered that uh, you need to have gratitude in your life. That you need to be a, a thankful person because uh, you don't get cancer as much, and you don't. It's just better for you, and all around it, it's just more healthy for you. I think the Bible's been saying that for a really long time. Uh, science has also discovered uh, that you need to try to maintain a life of peace. Because when you lose your peace, you tend to make bad decisions and you tend to hurt people. It's like, I think the Bible's been saying that for, for, uh, for a really long time. And what science is showing us is that there are a couple parts of your brain. Uh, there's the upstairs brain, and the, they call it the downstairs brain. Uh, the upstairs brain allows us to think, bef uh, uh, think before we act. It's the decision-making. It has control over your emotions. It's kind of the governor of your emotions. Uh, it's where you focus. It's where empathy comes from, where you actually want to listen to somebody, where you actually try to understand where they're coming from, where you actually care about them. That's your upstairs brain. The downstairs brain is the part that you, you act before you think. You touch a hot cup of coffee, you shrink, you jump back, even before your brain knows what's going on. Uh, it's the, the, the fight, flight, or freeze response. Uh, it, that's again where you get overwhelmed, you, you fight or you freeze or you, you wanna run away. It's your emotional reactions and just kind of the, some of the, the bodily functions. It's your downstairs brain. Your downstairs brain uh, is, is, is thinks much quicker. This is why um, if you're really quiet reading a book, and bang, you hear a loud noise, right? You jump uh, before your brain even knows what's going on. Because your, your downstairs brain thinks really quick before you actually understand. Your upstairs brain is very slow. Uh, it takes a long time to get stuff through your upstairs brain. Um, but here's the thing, this is, this is why, whenever you get overwhelmed, what they find out is that your, the communication between the upstairs and the brown, downstairs brain actually deteriorates. The more you get overwhelmed, the more the governor of your emotions, the thinking part of your brain, the part of your brain that actually has empathy and care for others, the more you get overwhelmed, the more those two pieces separate. And so when you're overwhelmed, that's why you don't always think clearly. When you get overwhelmed, this is why you stop caring what that person thinks. When you get overwhelmed, where you, get, where you just get kind of sharp and snappy and nasty and mean is because the governor of your emotions, the place where we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, happens in the upstairs brain. Uh, there's a, a doctor from UCLA, UCLA Medical Center who uses, a, uses the diagram of a wrist. Maybe you've seen this, but this is kind of the, the spinal column. This is the... Uh, the, the spinal uh, stem in here, and this is your, your, uh, your limbic system, which is the, the fight, flight, or freeze, or sometimes they call it the flop and drop. <laughs> I don't know if any of you are like that. But if you ever want to do something really fun, you just scare me, because I'm a flop and drop, like I fall right to the ground. <laughs> Marie's hurt me a few times, and she thinks it's funny, because I fall down and I get really scared. Uh, <laughs> But that's the downstairs brain. That's the, that's the, the quick, uh, quick acting downstairs brain. That's this part here. And then the, the, uh, your fingers are your cortex, the thinking part of your brain. It's uh, the part of your brain that can think through, that can problem solve. It's the part of the brain that wants to, again, listen and connect with others and understand others. And then on the, on the front of your brain, 
and your brain goes like this, is, is the governor of your emotions. It's called the prefrontal cortex. And there's, it communicates with this part of your brain. But here's the thing, this is the way the professor at UCLA says, when you get overwhelmed, you pop. You, you know, you flip your lid, someone pushes an emotional button, or uh, you, you just get angry, you flip your lid, and all of a sudden the communication, uh, the governor of your emotions disconnects. And this is why you as a Christian, when you're supposed to love people, can be so nasty. Because of the part of your brain that says, I'm to be a loving person. The part of your brain says, I'm to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, actually just disconnects in the moment. The more overwhelmed you are, the more it disconnects. And this is why even if you're just overwhelmed at a two or three out of 10, your decision-making goes down. Your ability to love people goes down. And so this is why it is just really, really important to maintain your peace. Because when you maintain your peace, your brain's back together. It actually communicates really well when you're walking in peace. And so you can have a difficult conversation with somebody and you're able to be, if you're able to be at peace, you can actually, okay, so just explain what you're saying. And, and I really want to know it rather than freaking out and yelling and just calling them a nasty name. Uh, this is why when, when there's pressure on you at work uh, that you can actually think clearly and make the right decision and bring Christ into it when you're at peace. And so we need to make sure, and this is what science, again, this is what the Bible is saying, that we need to be uh, living at, at peace. And also, this is really important, because all of us who are in Jesus, uh, we are called into ministry and to be able to minister to others. When someone comes to you who is overwhelmed, you know, usually they won't listen to your advice. If you're married, you will know this. <laughs> Especially if you're a man trying to give advice to a woman who's overwhelmed. It doesn't work, right? And, and the reason is, is because when we're overwhelmed, the decision-making part of our brain, it's not really operating. And so if someone comes to you and they're overwhelmed, it's not a good time just to give a bunch of advice to them and say, here's what you need. You're, you first actually have to get them to calm down. The very first thing you got to bring them back into peace, and then they'll actually be receptive. And so this is where, again, we bring in the peace of Jesus and we help uh, someone through it. And we see uh, places all over the Bible where people flip their lid and lose the connection. Uh, in Acts chapter 7, it says, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, this is Stephen, he's sharing the gospel. And these guys hear the gospel. It says, They were furious and gnashed their teeth at them. They disagreed. Instead of saying, You know, I kind of disagree with that. Let's discuss that. Let's have a conversation about that. They flip their lid. And all of a sudden, all their emotions spill out, and they get furious, and they gnash their teeth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. And, and that's like the extreme of flipping your lid of losing that connection, right? But we know how this happens all the time in minor ways. If you just get a little bit overwhelmed, you'll start to get snippy at people. If you just get a little bit overwhelmed, your temper will be very short. If you get a little bit overwhelmed, you can't, again, think as clearly, you can't love as good. So it, this is where we, Jesus has given you peace. Don't let go of it. 
even in the storm. And the picture that we're shooting for is Jesus in the storm with his disciples. The disciples have flipped their lid, right? They're freaking out. We're going to die. Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, is sleeping in the boat. He's holding on to that gift of peace. He can, he can think clearly. He acts clearly. He gets up and calms the storm. And this is what we need to be as followers of Jesus. Even in trouble, even in storm, we do not let go of the gift of peace so that we might live out even better the new self and so that we might actually be able to love people and minister properly to the people uh, uh, around us. And so one thing we can use, and I use this a lot in my life because uh, I'm one of those people who's just naturally an anxious person. And so I'm constantly trying to bring myself back down to peace. And it's called STAR. And it's called S-T-A-P-R, S-T-A-R. And so basically you stop. You don't immediately fix the problem or person or situation. You want to take a deep breath and remind yourself of the presence of God. You want to appreciate and connect with Jesus. And then you're going to respond in faith and love and do the right thing. Obey the direction you receive from the Lord. And so let's just talk through this. So the first thing, uh, you're in a conversation that's getting difficult. You find yourself being overwhelmed. You find yourself not wanting to listen to that person. You're thinking about your argument and how you're going to prove them wrong and, or whatever you're getting overwhelmed with. The first thing you do is you just say to yourself, stop. You don't need to immediately fix the problem. You can wait a few minutes. You can wait 30 seconds. You maybe have to wait a day or two. But the problem is this. Again, if you are overwhelmed, you won't think properly. If you're overwhelmed, it's more difficult to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. If you're overwhelmed, uh, you, again, you're just not going to make the best decisions. The first thing you need to do is stop, and you've got to get reconnected with, uh, with Jesus. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. And this is to be us that we should only be doing those things that we see the Father doing. And so there's a battle ahead of us. We start to get overwhelmed. The first thing we do is stop because we need to get first connected with Jesus to find out what he says about the situation. See, our downstairs brain just wants to act. Our downstairs brain wants to fix the problem now. Our downstairs brain wants to freak out and yell at that person because they're an idiot or whatever you think in your brain at that moment. I mean, your downstairs brain just wants to get, get, rid, get rid of the problem. It wants to run. It wants to fight. It wants to punch the person. It wants to, to freeze. And, you know, I can't handle this anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I can't think anymore because your downstairs brain is taking over. The first thing you do is just stop and you got to get reconnected to your source because it may be that God doesn't even want you to fight the battle. You remember in the Old Testament, David said, God, is this something you want me to do? I fight this battle or not? There are some battles you are not meant to fight. There are some battles that you are meant to fight. But the only way you can find that out is to connect with the one who knows. So the first thing, you're just feeling overwhelmed. You just you say, stop. I don't need to fix this, this exact second. I need to connect. So stop. And then you want to take a deep breath and remind yourself of the presence of God. And here's another thing that the science is helpful. Uh, just to go take a couple of deep breaths and relax your shoulders. And by the way, that's not new age. This is, this is just, this is, science tells us if you take a deep breath 
it actually helps connect that part of your brain back down. And, and what I do is I'll, I just get over it. I just say, stop, Jesse. I'll take a deep breath, relax my shoulders, and say, God is here. God is right here. I am in Christ. And it's amazing what that will do in three seconds. I do that in conversation sometimes. It, it starts to get heated. I, I start to get a feeling my, my heart beat. I'll just go, let's do it quietly. Let's go. And I say under my breath, God is here. God is with me. Uh, remind yourself of the presence of God because, again, you are in Christ. Even if in that situation, that crisis situation, guess what? That crisis situation is in Christ because you can't get away from him. He's with you. And there are times when just being still for a moment is good. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. And you can do that in a few seconds in a, in, in a crisis situation. God, you're with me. Just be still. God, I, I realize you're God. You are king. You know what's best. I don't. I can relax. I'm in you. Uh, Psalm 131, I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. And so you stop, take a big breath, and just say, that God is here. And then you want to, A, it's just S-T-A, uh, appreciate and connect with Jesus. Isaiah 26 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. This is one of the ways that we hold on to the gift of peace is we keep our thoughts fixed on Jesus. And this is why when you start to get overwhelmed, when the downstairs brain starts to take over, when you're, when you're about to flip your lid, you just immediately again fix your thoughts on him because that's how you recapture that gift of peace. And so you stop, deep breath. God is right here. I am in, in Christ. And then you just want to start fixing your thoughts on Jesus. You want to connect with him. And Philippians says this beautifully. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. In other words, you can have peace in a situation that you think, I should be freaking out, but why am I not? Because... You've grasped this gift of peace. And it tells you how to get it. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace. This is all about fixing your thoughts on Him. You just place all of your thoughts in that moment on Jesus. Because the Bible promises when you fix your thoughts on Him, He will keep you in perfect peace. It's, start, it's when our thoughts begin to leak out into other places. It's when we no longer take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That is when we lose our peace. And so we stop, we take a deep breath, remind God is here, and we just focus on Him. We fix, we appreciate, we connect with Jesus. And that text goes on. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so you're in a difficult situation in, uh, with a relationship, your marriage or a friend or somebody, and you, you start to get overwhelmed, 
You just start fixing your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. You start fixing your thoughts on God's thinking and, God, what do you think about the situation? What are you thinking about that person? And you just fix your thoughts on that. And it's amazing how that can just help you to recapture that uh, gift of peace. And NDR is this. We want to respond in faith and love, do the right thing, and obey the direction you received from the Lord. You've connected with him, and it's just a good question to ask God. God, uh, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me to respond? And he may say, I don't want you to fight this battle. He may give you a moment of wisdom. He may uh, give you an insight into which, which I wish I did in that moment where God would have said, if I, if I were to calm myself down, I might have heard God say, this person is hurting. Uh, but the only way you can do that is if you're not overwhelmed, because you can think clearly. Again, so we take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. Again, this is, this, is about, this is about our thinking. And when you do this, when you humble yourself in this way, because our flesh doesn't want to do this. Our flesh really wants to yell at that person. <laughs> our old self wants to, you know, punch that person in the face. At least think about it. Maybe in your mind or something. Uh, but that's pride. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud. I mean, how would you like God to fight against you? I don't think any of us would. If you want that, if you want God to fight against you, just walk around in pride. This is an action where God opposes. It's not God, it doesn't say God's indifferent to pride. He says he opposes the pride. But shows favor, the Greek word is the same as, as grace. He shows favor and grace to the humble. And in those situations where you're getting overwhelmed, when you feel like attacking that person, or you feel like you're being attacked, stop a deep breath. God, you're right here. You connect with him. God, what are you thinking about this situation? You calm yourself down and you just humble yourself. It is amazing the grace that you're going to find that will just fall in that situation. That will fall on you. And so, uh, this is part of living out the new self. And so, I'm going to invite Danielle up here. She's still here? She, okay. Well, we'll do this without Danielle. I'll read a little exercise. Uh, here in, uh, in just carrying this out. Um, and so, uh, first thing I want you to do, and this is probably going to work better if you close your eyes, but I'm not, oh, there's Danielle. I'm inviting you up to play the piano. Of course I will. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this, that's why. And so, this is going to work best if you close your eyes, but I'm not forcing you to close your eyes because you can do whatever you want. Uh, but uh, just close your eyes and think uh, about, a, about something that is causing you fear, anxiety, or a sense of being overwhelmed. There's something in your life, or maybe it's even in the past, that is causing you to, do, to be overwhelmed. Let me just play sn snippets of that if, if you're willing to. And often what will happen is if we replay moments of overwhelmingness or fear, anxiety, it actually will cause us to sense those same feelings. Our heart might start uh, to beat a little harder. So this is where you just want to stop. Uh, you're not going to fix the problem right now. You're not going to find a solution right now. Uh, but what you are going to do is just take a really deep breath. You're just going to relax your shoulders. And just say, say to yourself, God is here. Do that again. Just take a deep breath, relax your shoulders. 
He said, God is here. God is here. If there are any anxious or distracted thoughts you have right now, or maybe tasks that you think you need to get done, just prayerfully give them and surrender them to Jesus. He tells us to cast any cares upon him. So just cast those at his feet at this moment. towards Jesus and appreciate and connect. Uh, think for a moment how Jesus has blessed you. I want to think about his forgiveness, his love, his grace, how he's always present. You might want to think about the amazing future he has for you in the new heavens and new earth. Just think about how Jesus has blessed you. come specifically thank Jesus uh, for why you were thankful for him. towards responding. So I want you to picture again that uh, overwhelming anxious moment. Just picture that again in your mind. And as you play that, I want you to picture Jesus in that scenario as well. Uh, picture Jesus in that moment with you. And as you picture Jesus in that moment, ask yourself, what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing in that anxious moment? Now you want to ask Jesus how he sees the situation you are facing. If your imagination is able, maybe you just want to look into Jesus' eyes in that picture and say, Jesus, how do you see this situation? Jesus how he wants you to respond in this situation. How does he want you to respond in this situation? And 
I just want to seal uh, whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard from Jesus with a prayer, maybe a prayer to ask him for courage to do the right thing, maybe uh, for wisdom in taking the next step, but just seal what uh, you've experienced with a prayer to Jesus. Father, we thank you for the gift of peace. We thank you that your gift of peace is more powerful than any situation. We thank you um, for the Prince of Peace, the one who purchased that peace for us in the cross. And Father, we pray that you would seal that peace in our being. Father, if ever we sense that we're beginning to to drop that peace, if we're about to set it down and get overwhelmed, I pray, Jesus, that by the power of your Spirit, you would just allow us to pick it up very quickly. That we would walk as disciples, as followers of the Prince of Peace. That you would model, uh, help us to model being the little princes of peace to all the people we are in contact with. God, I pray that in those overwhelming moments you teach us to stop and take a breath and connect with you and therefore be able to respond in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray, Father, you give us wisdom as we minister to other people who are overwhelmed. God, you give us wisdom in being able to bring them to a place of peace so that they might think clearly, so that we might pray and take the next step. Oh, Jesus, we're so thankful for what you've done for us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for forgiveness and grace and power and, and how you love us more than we could ever imagine. And Father, as we come to this table, this communion table, as we take this bread and as we take this cup and we remember how blessed we are, we remember how big you are, we remember how powerful you are, we remember, God, that you are above all things. We pray that you continue to work in us. We pray, God, in this time, as was prophesied earlier, that you'd release miracles upon us as we come to this table. God, that those of us who need healing would be healed as we come. And those of us who need to hear a word from you would hear a word from you in this moment. So, God, we release this time to you. In Jesus' name.